You are listening to the Branding Lab podcast, specifically the Behind the Brand series, which focuses on the real life experiences, joys, and failures of my journey launching and building a sustainable and ethical fashion brand. I am on a mission to learn how to build a strategic and purpose-driven brand. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have the same questions as I do. So why don't we find the answers together? In this episode, we are talking about competitor research, which I believe is one of, if not the most important thing you need to do before you even think about any other aspect of your brand strategy. Are you ready for this one? Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Brand, a series where I talk about my journey launching my own swimwear company. Now, if you're listening and have a specific branding question that you'd like me to address in a future episode, I would love to hear it. You can reach me on Twitter at Ivani Vanescu or send me an email, hello at IvaniVanescu.com. Now, on today's episode, we are talking all about competitor research. However, before we dive into that, let's rewind a little bit. When I decided that I wanted to launch my ethical swimwear company, I wanted to learn everything about brand strategy. And one of the things that I did was I bought a course on Udemy that is called Business Branding, The Complete Course. And it's cut into two parts. The first part is strategy and the second part is brand expression. Now, before we go any further, I really want to talk about this because I think it's something that I've repeated over and over again. And a lot of the a lot of the guests on this podcast have also repeated over and over again, and that a brand is not a logo. Now, in the beginning of this Udemy course, the teacher, Steve, breaks down the anatomy of a strategic brand. And the first thing he actually talks about is brand strategy. Now, in brand strategy, you have things like purpose, vision, mission, values, competitor analysis, and target audience. And then you have your brand expression. And in your brand expression, you have things like character, verbal expression. And then at the very, very end, you'll have visual expression. Now, what what I really want to say here is that visual, visual identity, like your colors, your logos, and everything is the last thing that you need to be focusing on. A lot of people do it first. That's not how you do it. You have to make sure to put in the work to understand all the pieces that come before your logo. And so one of those pieces is competitor analysis. And this is exactly what we're talking about today. Now, when I was finishing off the first part of this Udemy course, one of the things that I didn't particularly agree with is that your competitor analysis needs to be done after you've defined your internal brand. So that means that it comes after you've identified your purpose, your vision, your mission, everything that I said previously. I don't particularly agree with this personally. However, I want to preface this statement with this comment that if you want to do it this way, you can do it this way as well. You do whatever you feel comfortable with. But for me particularly, what I ended up doing was that I kind of started with competitor analysis first. I mean, it wasn't if you really look at it, it wasn't really competitor analysis. What it was, was that I started really looking into the swimwear industry and the swimwear market. That was one of the first things that I did. And I'll talk about it a little bit more uh, later on in this episode. But what I want to start with is kind of identifying and talking about what is competitor analysis and why it is important. Now, the idea behind competitor analysis is not to get some ideas around what's working for your competitors, but where they're falling short 
or what they're not doing that your shared audience would benefit from. Now, if you come to the market offering the same or similar options that your audience already has, then what you're offering is actually nothing new and therefore you have to work harder elsewhere in the brand to gain any kind of traction. Now, I was listening to a podcast once where someone said that if you if you create something that's very similar to something that's already out there, what ends up happening is that you start to you start to compete based on price, right? So the lowest price wins. And if you don't want to compete on price point, then you really need to figure out what is your competitive advantage and what is the gap in the market. And so what you have to do is, is you need to look at what your competitors are not doing or what they're not doing well. And then you have to see if this is a theme. Competitive research aims to uncover a gap that you can step into and then call your own. If you want a perfect example of this, I have one right here for you. Now, the perfect example was brought to me when I was listening to a podcast called The Caught Off Guard Podcast with host Patricia Bright. Love her. I would really recommend that you look into her. And the founder of Tala, Grace Beverly, which is a sustainable athletic brand. Now, Tala is insanely profitable. During the interview, Grace stated that when she started conceptualizing Tala over two years ago, she realized that there wasn't there weren't many active brands that she could comfortably support, whether because of their sustainability, price point, or inclusivity. So what she ended up doing is competitive research. And when she started looking at her competitors, what she realized was this. A lot of the sustainable and ethical brands that were out there were very high. They, their price point was very high. And since her, in, she was an influencer, I think she still is an influencer, but a lot of the people that were following her were college students. And so they didn't have the the money to be able to go out and pay for um, leggings that were 150 pounds. But what she ended up seeing was that there was a need for that. The college students wanted something that was sustainable and ethical, but something that they could afford. So she found this gap and she ended up matching the prices of similar activewear companies, but at the same time with a sustainable and ethical edge. So she created Tala. And I think that their, their tagline is really great. It really explains everything that they're about, which is an on-trend, affordable, high-performance activewear that is 100% upcycled and honest. And it paid off because within a year, the brand, uh, within a year of launching, the brand generated a revenue of $5.2 million in less than a year. Now, we probably are not all going to be like Tala, but the point of this example is to demonstrate that Tala filled a gap in the market. The product itself wasn't revolutionary. I mean, her yoga pants or her um, athletic leggings, they're not, you know, the new apple of leggings. They, they're, not, <laughs> they're not anything really that new. What end up what she ended up doing was she looked at all the different gaps and she and she filled those gaps. So she created something that not only was affordable, but was high quality, was ethical, sustainable, and fit like a glove. And boom, she ended up becoming insanely popular. And this is all due to competitor research. Now let's look at my personal experience. So when I started, I kind of didn't have a plan. And one of the things that I've realized throughout this whole brand uh, branding process is that it's really, really important to be as organized as possible 
when you're creating your brand. And what's really great about the Udemy course is that the teacher actually provided a whole Excel file where individuals can name their competitors, identify things like competitors' intro message, their slogan, their core message, their unique position, their personality, what type of logos and colors they're using, and what are the benefits or features that are being highlighted which is, I think, a fabulous way of doing a competitor analysis. I mean, the more in-depth you go, the better. So I think it's really important that you do it as organized, as in-depth as possible. Now, I did it a little bit differently. I mean, I tend to have more of a scattered kind of creative type of brain. So when I started, the first thing that I did actually was I didn't understand the swimwear industry as much as I wanted to. So I started Googling and I Googled, um, I Googled things like sustainable ethical swimwear companies, the top 10 ethical swimwear companies. And I just spent hours upon hours upon hours just Googling things. And I did end up doing kind of a branding bootcamp which was called like Slow Fashion Innovation Program, which focused more on uh, individuals that wanted to start fashion uh, pieces and fashion companies within Portugal. And they did ask me and what were my competitors? And they asked me to write out who the competitors were, what they were offering, where were they located, and what, what was the gap or what was the perceived gap. And I did that for, I think, like five or six different... Um, competitors. And I had that there. But actually, when I look back at the initial list of competitors that I put into that document, I I, I wouldn't identify them as my competitors <laughs> anymore. So which is really interesting. But what I ended up doing a lot of it was I just spent, I think, six or seven months watching. I ended up uh, following a lot of them on Instagram I saved a lot of their pieces. So what I would do was I would look at, first thing that I would do is I would look at the type of colors, the type of marketing, the type of language they would be using. Then I would look at comments, the type of comments people left on their pages. I would also go on to their website and look at their reviews. And I would look at specifically the reviews that they had, the one, two, or three-star reviews and see what people were actually complaining about. And instead of writing things down, which I think is something that I think everyone should do, I kind of, I'm the type of person that keeps it all into my head and it makes sense in my process. And this is what I want to say to anyone. Branding is your process. If you feel that you can, like me, keep everything in your head and do it this way and you're fine with that and it works for you, do it that way. If you're not an Excel person, you don't have to do it in an Excel. Do branding the way that it feels comfortable to you. And I think that's the most honest <laughs> piece of advice I can give you. For me, I felt like this was the mo- the best way for me to do it. I was just following people and I was like looking at, and I would spend, you know, I would look at their stories. I would look at different things and I just kind of absorbed everything. Now I kind of, that was the way that I started. I really started observing. And so I really observed a lot of them. And then I started to niche down to really understand the actual, my actual competitors. Cause you can't have like, not every swimwear company is going to be your competitor. So I niched down and I actually chose 15 different brands and I really began to audit them. Like I said, I visited each website on my list. I began to analyze everything about their brand from their position of their brand, their identity, I followed them on Instagram. I, like I said, I looked at their customer reviews. 
I did all of that. And then another thing that I did was I started talking to people. So I started posting on Facebook groups and I talked to women who were my friends, but who fit in the imagined target audience that I had. And I asked them what, the, what, what were their problems with their current bikini brands that they had. And I kept on hearing the same things over and over again. So for example, they talked a lot about bum coverage and breast support. They talked about mix and match options, size inclusivity. They shared their frustrations with me and I, and I wrote all of this down. And then what I ended up doing and what I ended up realizing is that competitor anal- analysis is just not something that you do once and you forget about it. Like I said previously, the initial like 10 or 15 brands that I put in as my competitors when I started this process are not... <laughs> are not brands that I would consider are my main competitors. It is a process that is ongoing. It's a develop, just like your brand, which is constantly developing itself. What I found is the people that I felt were my closest competitors, they also began to change and, and to, you know, manifest themselves in different ways. And I, I think the reason that I started it this way was because I wanted to understand the market in general before I could niche down. So when I started, I looked at all swimwear brands. I didn't look at sustainable swimwear brands in Portugal or in Europe. I looked everywhere. I looked at all of them. And then when I realized, for example, that I wouldn't be competing with swimmer brands that had a younger target audience or that had like these Baywatch types of cuts, uh, I kind of, you know, moved along and I focused on different types of swimwear brands. And in the end, with all of this information, I started to have clues as to the potential gaps in the marketplace. And with these gaps, I started to think about my differentiator, like what would make me different and what would make my brand different. And what I realized is that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes it can be as simple as just crafting a different type of story. I mean, if we look at Tom's, for example, their shoes aren't revolutionary. Their shoes are just very normal, right? But their one for one campaign was that great differentiator. That was the thing that set them apart. Their product wasn't the thing that set them apart. Their story was what set them apart. And sometimes even just something as simple as a story can set you apart. And storytelling is something that we can talk about uh, in another episode, but I think it's really interesting to talk about that. It's not always necessarily, you know, like you don't need to revolutionize swimwear, but sometimes it's just the story that you tell that can set you apart from your competitor. And, and for me, what I ended up realizing is that there's many different parts and, and pieces of now and Rio that will set me apart. It's ethical. It's sustainable. We give back. A percentage of profits will actually go back to NGOs, which a lot of other brands are doing. But at the same time, I think what we're doing a little bit differently is that we're embracing and capture, like capturing the, the spirit of Rio de Janeiro. And I think that really resonated very strongly with me from the beginning. I mean, our brand is called Now in Rio. It's inspired by Rio de Janeiro. It's inspired by Carioca, the Carioca lifestyle, the Carioca alma, the Carioca spirit. And I think that's also part of our story and something that will differentiate from ourselves. The competitor analysis will just keep going. I mean, this is not the end, but I want to wrap up this episode of Behind the Brand just with this question. Have you completed a competitive analysis? And do you agree with my concept, with my idea that you need to at least start the analysis at the beginning. So kind of already understand what's out there 
not doing the full competitor analysis. I argue that you need to start understanding what's already out there before you start crafting your vision and your mission and your target audience to start really understanding who's out there, what kind of companies out there, what kind of messaging, kind of vision, and what they're doing. And then from there, you can add that into your whole, your purpose, vision, mission, and values, target audience. And once you've gotten those down, you can do a really in-depth target uh, competitor analysis and kind of flesh all of those things out. I mean, third time I'm going to say this, my competitor analysis list that I started in January 2020 is nothing and not one single person on that list I would consider as a competitor. So I mean, like I said, ever evolving, but um, I would love to hear from you. Let me know on Twitter at Ivan Ivanescu. I would love to hear from you. Or you can join our Facebook group. Let's keep the conversation alive and let's keep it going. It's called The Branding Lab on Facebook. Until next time, I will see you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Branding Lab podcast with your host, Yvonne Ivanescu. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you next time.